This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered 12! I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. What's up, boys and girls? It is time for another episode of the Bostonian versus the book. Dave Sherpan, Matt Peralta, props.com on Twitter, live stream, podcast to come after we are done. We got Maddie Lindemann coming on at about oh, 30 minutes, bottom of the hour from WinBet, getting into some Final Four and some other fun things, Masters and other fun liabilities at the WinBet guys who have just been. I got to thank Maddie for the NBA lines that they're putting out overnight, is just so cool. Good morning. Good afternoon, Dave. How are you? Hello, sir. Good morning. Um, man, we got a lot to talk about today. I, I, I'm, I'm excited. You bring in the show, you get me fired up. I mean, you know, if the intro doesn't do it, you do it. You startle the crap out of me every day. I'm ready to go. Let's go. So how about this tweet from our friend beating the bookie? <laughs> Max Scherzer's contract in 2022 is $43 million. It's more the Bal- than a whole Pirates payroll. Don't tell me that, is it? The Baltimore Orioles, 2022 complete in total salary, $31 million. Max Scherzer's making, making 43. Wrong. The Orioles are making 31, the entire team. You could have the entire team for less money than what you're paying Max Scherzer. What's wrong with that? Is it not? I don't know how to fix it. Yes, something's wrong with it, but I don't know how to fix it. Baseball's broken. Baseball's been broken. We thought that this might fix it. We thought there might be a fix coming with the lockout. And yeah, didn't, fix didn't fix anything. Didn't didn't fix a single darn thing. It's exactly added, what we're going to add a pitch clock and we're going to, you know, worry about the, the DH and all this other stuff. And you got one pitcher, a starting pitcher, making, making more than a whole team. You know, somebody, somebody said yesterday on Twitter, I thought it was interesting that like, you got to credit golf for at least saying, we're not going to change. Like, this is golf. This is how the game's played. This is what we do. Yeah. We may want to speed it up and yeah, we may want to do, but they don't tweak things dramatically. They aren't, they don't change the rules. They don't have like, you know, an alternative shot. They don't do mulligans. Like they, they, they don't do the nonsense that some of these sports leagues are trying to create to fix quote unquote, fix their game for the, the modern day sports fan. Golf just does their thing. It's been the same way every year. Yeah. They change the rules here and there, but they don't really mess with the actual game. It's 18 holes, lowest score wins type of thing so the technology in golf has changed well that's the difference yeah that's true i mean the the golf club has changed the golf ball has changed dramatically yeah just a little bit and i mean they've had to change courses i mean they just you know they 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 change around um you know trees obstacles out of sand trap here do all right but that's the game though that that's in the fundamental yeah i mean they elongate the course because the technology has become so brutal but 
they don't change the rules of like what makes a golf round a golf round. It's still 18, 18 holes. holes it's still rounds. some number of golf clubs that you have. Yeah. You have to walk like they just, you know, they haven't tweaked with it because in reality, oh, like he's on themselves. I mean, it's right. It's, it's, it's the only sport it's, you do that. The rules are the same for 100 years. Well, it's also funny because like somebody made the point, like if golf was going to be influenced by the modern era, golfers would be in golf carts because you could probably play a PGA tour event in three fourths. The amount you could probably shave off fourth, a fourth of the time they spend on the course. If you had them all in golf carts, just ripping through and golf's like, Nope, we're walking. (laughs) We're not doing that. We're walking, which is kind of remarkable. If you stop and think about it, because I mean, everything is about quickness and speed and time and TV, TV windows. And golf's like, yep, Tiger's going to walk. Everyone's going to walk. If you can't walk, you can't play. Yeah. I like that. Give him credit for that, for sure. Yeah, I like that a lot. I, I think that's fun. Have you changed your opinion at all, Tiger playing? Are you on board? I told you I want him to play. I, just I know you want him to play. You said he wasn't playing. I'm saying, have you changed your opinion? No, no I mean, not yet. You? He's playing? Yes, he's playing. He's playing. Yesterday he was playing. He was, I was playing yesterday. He's playing. I, I, I am fully expecting a Friday announcement from Tiger saying I will be at the dinner, the champion's dinner on Monday night. And I expect to play practice rounds on Tuesday and Wednesday. And I will be a part of the field on Thursday. Man, oh man. So that's a Friday. That's a Friday news dump. That's going to I happen. believe that, that's what I believe. He'll probably, it's my guess is when he'll announce. I don't know what the, you have to, there's a cutoff date when you have to tell Augusta if you're going to play or not. Well, you think that applies to Tiger? Yeah, right. Five, I know, but Saturday I don't know. Hey, play. yeah. All right. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know the cutoff. It could be Saturday. It could be Sunday. It could be Monday. I don't know. The champion's dinner is Monday night. That's, you know, kicks off the festivities and. And you play the practice rounds on Tuesday. You can play practice rounds on Wednesday to, on Monday too, if you want. So right. you know, once the PGA tour event on Sunday is over, you can practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then play Monday practice round, Monday night dinner. And then you go into Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday type of thing. So I don't know. I think he's playing. I do. I, I don't think that was just a joy walk for him. I think that was actually out there to attempt <laughs> to walk. And what I love it too, is like everyone has like these different opinions. Augusta is flat or Augusta really is hilly. Like I've walked it. Okay. I've walked the full 18 holes of Augusta. It's not impossible, but I can tell you one thing in in particular on the back nine, when you're going down 10 and you go to amen corner and you go to that down part, and then you spend the rest of that half uh, the, the back nine coming back up to the clubhouse. Yeah. Walking down is hard. You can, if you have a knee problem, if you have a leg problem, an ankle problem, that's going to hurt. And then walking up is going to hurt. So the first tee, I think, is the most dramatic thing that everybody talks about in terms of Augusta National versus television, because it's literally like a straight up wall, like you're hitting over. It's insane what they hit over. And I've stood at the tee and you look up and you're like, holy crap, like, how the hell do you do that? Like, how do you get that? You know, you pull a driver and you feel like you're going to drive it straight into the, it's a par four, you know, drive it straight into this embankment. But it's. Other so it's than a that, completely blind shot. Uh, the first, the, the first yeah. tee shot is yes on 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 the I first tee. Yeah, you're just going straight up. You know, it's it, it's a st- pretty straightforward par four. It's not like a, t- a difficult shot, but it's right. you don't see where the ball lands. You just hit yeah, it straight. Yeah, I hate and, that. Yep, you I gotta crush that. it and nail it. And 
I played those courses growing up in Pittsburgh and West Virginia and, and even in Ohio, like a lot of the courses I played. So many blind shots. And then you move out west, and I swear you can see oh, three miles. Holes. Yeah, you just miles. see you see mountains like ten the, miles in a distance. The problem and with Augusta, really, for me, if I've never played it, but I've walked it, is the greens are extremely small. Like it is not easy to put the ball on yeah. the right the right plane and where you want. I mean, that's the whole thing. What they say about like Augusta is about the second shot, not the first shot, and it's right. completely true. Because hitting into the greens is really hard to do. Yeah. And it's you know not a hard driving course. Hitting in the greens is hard to do than hitting on the right spot yeah. on the green. Like those that guys. Too. And they're small. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, the, I mean, the tee shot on 11 is that that par three. <laughs> I mean, that is ridiculous. I, I don't know how many times I probably would wind up in the water if I played that course. Like it's it's yeah. really difficult to get your to get it right, getting the distance, 180 yards over water, 15 yards of a landing zone. It's just bonkers. Like 180, what are you hitting? Me right now at 180, I'm hitting probably a seven iron, six maybe, depending on how how well I'm. 180, you're hitting a seven iron? You yeah. Touch your clubs. Are you nuts? I hit the other day. Club up. You're definitely going in the water, 187 iron. Uh, I don't know. It depends. I mean, if I catch it flush, you've never played golf with me. You can't tell me how far I hit a golf ball. Just telling you what I'm, I'm just. All right. How far do you think? How far do you think my average drive is? I don't know. Drive well, for I, show, putt for dough. If I'm going to tear I'm going to a tee time. You. I'm not putting. I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you what score I was going to get. You tell me whether I can make a green that's 180 yards with the seven iron. All right. Seven hours. That's a good poke with a seven hour. Yeah. That's it's good. a full fledged. Like I got to get into it. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, it's, uh, I, I hit my five. One ninety two hundred hit the okay. six one eighty one seventy five. Depending on where we go. All right. How I how I'm hitting it. I can, I can downhill at 11 too, isn't it? Down yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's like down, then it comes up. So like, I don't know, it's definitely a downhill shot, but it's not like a straight downhill shot. It's not, it's not like when you're hitting down into 12 for Amen corner, when the tee shot around the bend and then you're hitting down over right. the Creek, right. trying to make it in two. That's a down right. downhill shot. That's the pine straw shot from Mickelson and, tiger's crazy shot where he had the pot where he walked and pointed at it yeah went yeah. over the back and then chipped it in and it's just it's crazy when you walk that course it's just like i know that shot i know that shot i remember that shot like i remember yeah. bubba out of the out of the woods and he wrapped it around like there's so many cool moments that you remember watching when you see the course and play the game on a video game when you play it like it's it's amazing when i can't imagine when the first time i see it i'm gonna be like i know every hole almost yeah. You do. It's it's yeah. very much, you know, every, the only thing that we didn't grow up watching the front nine because right. of that stupid rule. A little fuzzy. <laughs> so they're like, you can't put the front nine on, only the back nine on. It's like, uh, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life, but that was what they did for years. So like, we don't have the same history on the front that we have on the back. Right. But yeah, you definitely walk around and you definitely have that, like that moment, that feeling of Augusta. All right, let's talk some basketball before we get to Maddie Lindemann coming on here yep. from WinBet. Lakers last night are awful. And now here comes this rumor, Dave, this morning. What? That they may be shopping Anthony Davis in the offseason. The Lakers Just are willing the whole thing up. The Lakers are willing to listen to offers on Anthony Davis coming up 
in the offseason if they miss the playoffs. If they miss the playoffs. Well, they're out of it right now, and they got seven games left to make their way into the postseason. What would them having to make the playoffs and lose the play-in game or lose the second play-in game have to do with them, whether they're going to trade Anthony Davis or not? It's a great question. The stories that come out with this stuff is, is incredible. They gave up 43 points in the first quarter yesterday. They ain't playing no defense at all. Killed like my under none. Killed my under bet. <laughs> Destroyed it. It was dead. Five minutes in, it was dead. <laughs> right. I was like, oh no. Yeah. All right. And then you I was just, trying to I was trying to figure out how what over did I want to bet? And I, I didn't bet it. I didn't get out of it because I did not trust the Lakers to score enough. Right. A lot. Right out of the gate. I bet under 218 and a half, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. The after five minutes, it was 235 and a half. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is really bad. I'm dead. How high can we go? I was like, how I'm going to lose two bets on this because I don't know what the Lakers are going to do. So I just I couldn't find a number that I wanted to fire on. So I was like, I'll just take the one loss versus the two losses. And just I had a two in one night. So I was fine. I was like, all right, I got the other two bets right in the NBA. But boy, they suck. Yeah, they are awful. I don't really see. Okay, seven games left now. I mean, they're going to play at Utah on Thursday. Yep. Is the next game. And their record against the West is awful. Terrible. Against Terrible. the ATS, it's horrible. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it's it's another one of those things. Are they going to trade AD? I mean. Do you trade your best? You were chip? ready to trade LeBron at the trade deadline. I still am. I, 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 I were you going to trade him or AD? Both. Trade I trade LeBron first, but I'd trade both. Ship everybody they are 14 and 31 ats against the west that's not good because they're in the west (laughs) 14 and 31 against the number against the western conference the early look ahead line is utah minus eight oh we'll ask maddie personally (laughs) because utah has by the way utah has been they say they suck. The figure of suck right now. The Jazz are awful. They are 0 and 5 ATS over the last five, 3, 6, and 1 over the last 10. And they're now 31, 43, and 2 against the spread. But the Jazz are favored by eight. Jazz were on that long road trip. It got them. I mean, oh, they're just right now, they've lost was, five I mean, games in a row. Oh. They've lost by eight. 28, 6, 14, and 6. And last night may have been the biggest of them all. They were up oh. by 20. On the Clippers, and they blew it. Late. Clippers, Clippers were plus fifteen hundred money line in that game, yeah. and they came back and they won. Uh, That's a bad L for the Jazz last night. Yeah, very much so. And then they get to come home after that and play the Lakers, who were, you know, completely wounded and talking about trading everybody and. I don't know. These things just don't end well when, you know, LeBron has put himself in his position and then, you know, AD gets hurt. Now, I didn't see the post game, but I saw Russ trying to answer questions after. Not, not good. Is that bad? Yeah, not good. No, the, the whole thing is it, it's they I think they've actually come to the realization that it's over. I think they all know. So. I think they would prefer not to make the postseason. If you gave them all truth serum, do you want to play in the playoffs? I think they'd rather say no. Let's not, let's spare the embarrassment of getting right. bounced. Right. Let's just. 
I got I got a tea time in Aruba. <laughs> Let's go. I got places I got to be. We're going to watch the Masters. Yep. I, don't I got things I got to go and do. <laughs> I don't need this aggravation anymore. Oh, goodness. Got my money. Got my life. Let's go play somewhere else and get away from this train wreck. But a line yesterday closed 12. Never in it. Never in it. I mean, how much? Um, seven games left. Did they cover two? I mean, right now, when they announced it, it, so, I mean, this is a big week, right? They they lose embarrassingly yesterday. They get Utah, they're going to lose. They get the Pelicans at home. What are they going to do, go win on Friday and keep it alive for another two or three days where they're going to be like, all right, LeBron, let's get us let's get us to that playoffs. I mean, Vogel's coaching to get to the playoffs. So let, let's let's just run through it, okay? At Utah, straight up, win or loss? Loss. Home for the Pelicans. I think it's a loss. That could be a okay. game they could win, but I, I oh and oh and two, home against Denver, nationally televised game on Sunday, April the third. ABC's in town for it. That's this Sunday. Yep. So they got they were in Dallas yesterday. They're in Utah. Utah tomorrow. tonight. Home on home Friday, back to back against the Pelicans. Denver? Nope, home, home for Denver. Denver. Home on Sunday against Denver. If they win the Pelicans game, they lose to Denver. They might beat right. Denver. That might be it, it, somehow. So one game. and two over the next three, they're going yeah. one and two. One and two. Right? Yep. At Phoenix. Nope. At Golden State. I don't think so. I don't think so either. So now we're one and four. Yeah. Home for Oklahoma City. Win. At Denver. No chance. Two and five. That's a two and five end for the next seven games for the Lakers. That's it. At best. <laughs> They're out, right? At best. Two and five. Yes, the Spurs Straight are going to win three. And the, and, and the tiebreaker, that the I think the Spurs, I think – uh, Dane and Scott on, on Sports Grid last night told me that if they have a tiebreaker, if they tie the Spurs, the Spurs win the tiebreaker. So they have to finish a game ahead of the Spurs. Who are 31 and 44, just like them. Right. Spurs have won four games in a row. Six out of the last 10. We'll oh, talk about the Spurs game later. in the Spurs. Baby. We'll talk about the Spurs game. Uh, Oh, at home against San Antonio. Sorry, against Memphis later on in better to book it. So we'll get to that. But. Mm. So what do you do with the Pistons here? Pistons got got us there yesterday. Yes, they plus did. 14 on the close. Yep. Really impressive last three minutes for Cade Cunningham, who really played well and kept them in the game. They lost the game 130 to 123, but they covered 14 points. They were catching. They've got a game tomorrow against the Philadelphia 76ers here. They're going to be dogs the rest of the way. Yes, they but are. Home for Philly at Oklahoma City. Is Matt putting the lines up right now? He's putting the lines up right now for tomorrow. Could have wow. waited to do it on the show with us. Wow. Uh, at Indiana, home for Dallas, home for Milwaukee at Philadelphia. Now, they've lost five of six, but... Do we expect the books to start to shade or just keep on giving these guys double digit points? Because I'll bet on them. If you want to give me 10 points, I've covered six games in a row as double digit points. You want to keep on giving me Pistons plus 10 or more. I'm I'm going to back the Pistons. See, it's funny because nobody bets them. 
it's 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 weird. These things happen in March and and towards the end of the season in the NBA, where teams that I don't I don't want to say people have given up on, but they were so bad early. They're like, I'm not betting on that team anymore, and it stops like at New Year's, you know, or in February. They're like, huh, man, this team's no good. And these teams that have these cover streaks mm-hmm. or competitive, Detroit's not trying to get a lottery pick. They got their guy. Right. They're trying to build a culture. They're playing competitive basketball every single night. Now, like guys are playing for spots, guys are playing for jobs, and they're not one of these other teams that are literally putting out a G League team that doesn't try. So I don't know. I mean, we're we can we can ask Maddie. I mean, he, he put he just put up the line. It's nine and a half. Philly's nine and a half at Detroit. And I, I mean, you give me to 10, public will come in. I mean, the first bets most likely will go to, you know, lay the nine and a half. Yeah. And I'll just wait and take Detroit tomorrow at plus 10, plus 11, plus whatever you want to give me from right. a double digit point perspective is given these guys are 30, 17 and one against the number in the Eastern Conference. It's stupid. Man, that's good. That's really good. <laughs> 30, 17 and one on the year. They're 41, 33 and two ATS. Now they suck straight up. Wow. But overall, they're 21, 16, and one at home, and they're 20, 17, and one on the road. They have a winning record against the number in both home and road games this season. It's unbelievable. I would I would venture to say that the average NBA better has no idea that that's the case. Interesting. Like you you got to be you got to be somebody that's in the muck every day. You know, and in the in, in the book and looking at it every day, like us, you got to yeah. be, you, you know, you got to have that little <laughs> bit of crazy streak in you and going, boy, these Pistons keep covering. I know, I mean, Cam talks about them every single day. Every single day, Cam <laughs> says, I'm betting the Pistons again. Yeah. And we were laughing at him in January. And he's like, guys, I'm telling you, this team's pretty good. And then they go on this streak. No, they're not. They're not good. They're competitive. There's two very different, you know, there's two different conversations to be had here. The Pistons aren't good, but the Pistons are competitive. Competitive just win loss, but good against the spread. That's what I mean. We just want to be one of the best road records against the spread in the whole NBA, no? Oh, 2017 and one? Yeah. I think the better record is against oh, the Eastern used, Conference. Uh, that's the one I meant. Yeah, that's yeah. the one I meant. Yeah. Oh, again, yeah, in the Eastern Conference, hell yeah, 30-17-1. and one? Yeah, that's that's incredible it's against 30, the Eastern Conference. 17 and one is almost 70%, right? 66%. Yeah, so again, like right now, we're, we're at the end, and I'm telling people like what are we – we're betting on the Pistons catching 10 points yeah. and the Bulls under against Eastern Conference opponents. Blindly. Just – Blindly oh, this it. is the alert thing. This is if we yes. had this app, you would be sending yourself an <laughs> yes. alert. Set if the Bulls alarm. are playing a team from the Eastern Conference, bet the under. Yes. Okay. Ding, 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 ding. I've hit three in a row doing it. Just go ahead and keep on. If they're playing Eastern Conference teams, and if it's an Eastern Conference team in their division, double bet it because it's going it's, it's going under oh. against a team inside the division. All right. So those are the two. Those are the two to ride it out. And I, I look... I still like Maverick unders at home, even though last night was a complete shit show and yeah. blew up in my face. But, you know, all right, b- before we get to Maddie, I got to get, I'm going to skip a topic. We'll skip Boston's Williams out four to six weeks. We'll, for, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Okay. So this morning, two reports 
not one, but two reports come out that there are two separate arenas being built here in Las Vegas Crazy. with the point of bringing an NBA franchise to Las Vegas. Oh, my. Are we going overboard here? How many arenas do we actually need before I, we're going to be like inundated and leveraged to the, you know, to our eyeballs and these arenas start like going under? We have the MGM sphere. That's going to be the most incredible orchestra based music based arena in the world <laughs> that has LED lights that you can see from space that are going to be, you know, pointing out it's the new Luxor LED lights. You can see from space. Like, I don't know, but it's going to be the new thing. When you land in Vegas, everyone's going to go, Holy shit. What is that thing? Like that, do that, that, that now. Is, yeah. But that's going to be the, you know, the sphere is going to be really crazy when you okay. see it, they're going to put like signs like welcome to Vegas. They're going to have like a welcome to Vegas thing on the outside of the damn fucking the, the, the damn thing. <laughs> so we've got that opening either side of the strip resorts world wants to build an arena right in front of their place on, on the, that, on, on the, on the millionaire row side of the strip. Okay. And then on the other side, going down towards blue uh, Ridge, blue diamond, diamond. Thank, you, thank you. Blue diamond. They want to build a $3 billion arena with a whole shopping complex and a casino resort to bring an NBA team here. Who's going to all these games? <laughs> but what? Seriously. I'm telling you, NBA will be an absolute home bleeping run. In this oh, town. it'll be a monster. Oh, my it'll gosh. Be the, I, the, poor, the poor Golden Knights will just... Th- th- this is why they don't want to share T-Mobile arena. Everyone's saying, why not? They built T-Mobile to have a hockey and an NBA team. Correct. Bill Foley owns a piece of T-Mobile arena and he is preventing an NBA team from moving and using T-Mobile. Bill, for the people, we don't need no more arenas. Just He's saying no, because he knows. He, he knows what's going on. He doesn't want, he doesn't want to share because he's already sharing with the UFC. Doesn't want to share. But secondly, he knows what happens when an NBA team shows up in this town. Put him in the same building. I, I, I think you put him in the same building. But, I mean, hey, whatever. That part of town, the traffic's going to be a mess. Oh, my God. What do you want? Do you want an expansion or do you want a team to move here? Expansion. Agreed. I don't – who's coming? I don't I don't want all that. I don't – Supposedly, what I've heard, and this is total speculation and probably way wrong, but what I was told is that the resorts world idea is, do, is designed to entice an expansion team. But the guys from Cali, the three billion, want to move a team here and potentially move a team here from California, which would essentially be the Kings. They just built an arena in Sacramento for the Kings, so it it would be a real like <laughs> would not go over well. But Wouldn't it's even a very have to change the team name, just change the colors and stuff. Vegas Kings. Yeah, it sounds like a gang. <laughs> the Vegas Kings, it works, but it sounds like a gang. <laughs> I mean, you know, it'll be cards, kings, and all that stuff. I guess. Oh, I like it. No, it'd be awesome. I mean, I think it makes yeah. perfect sense to have the Vegas Kings. We already oh, have so Vegas Aces. The the, the 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 NBA team for the WNBA teams, the Aces. NBA team being the Kings makes perfect sense. Oh man! Oh, <laughs> all right. That didn't go over the air. Luckily, Maddie, <laughs> that was only to us. <laughs> Let's bring on Matt Lindeman from Winbet, who has been listening to this whole conversation with us here from Winbet Senior Trader. How are you, Maddie? Welcome back to the Bostonian versus the Book. Guys, what's good? Thanks for having me back. What's all right. So, what do you think? Are we doing expansion? Or are we doing 
moving the team here to Vegas. Whatever it takes to build that arena by Blue Diamond. That's the side of town my house is on. I'm trying to see that house value go up. So <laughs> if they want to build a $3 billion complex five, 10 minutes from my house, I think that sounds like a great idea. So <laughs> I like uh, Vegas Kings, bring them over from Sacktown and uh, let's get that going for sure. So you keep uh, doing this NBA opening line stuff. I mean, you heard us talking about this Lakers thing. How how do you make the lines for the Lakers game, Matthew? I mean, you, because are you getting any betting on the action on the Lakers uh, when you put these numbers up? It's usually money line. Like last night, we had, and it seems like it happens a ton. We get a ton of money line dog action on the Lakers when they're you know four dollar, five dollar dog, and then the guys who are paying attention actually you know bet against them and lay it against the spread. So. Um, it's crazy. Like every single game, I feel like I'm trying to figure out if LeBron's playing and now I guess AD is questionable again now that LeBron is actually out. So it's just a guessing game every time. And like, I'm so tired of it, man. Like Mo texted me the other night and he said, what do you think about putting up a yes, no on the Lakers? And I go like to make the playoffs. And I go, dude, nobody cares about the Lakers. Like you may as well put up Kentucky to win the Super Bowl. Like you're going to get as many bets on that as you're going to get on the Lakers playoff. Like everybody's over. I don't know. Like, I'm really hoping that they kind of disband this team, disassemble this team and, and do something different. Cause it's just, it's not interesting. I don't know. I think they, they, LeBron had too many hands in the mix and it just, it doesn't seem like it's working. So they need to, they need to make some serious changes. Well, the Lakers, let's say they don't make the postseason. We just did their schedule and it looks like they're going to go two and five the rest of the way, which most likely keeps them out of the play in. Does that depress handle for you guys? If the Lakers aren't in it, yeah, I think you could probably make that argument. Um, you know, if they're gonna if they're gonna be small market teams like the T Wolves and you've got the Mavs, well, Mavs aren't really small market, but you know, Spurs. some of the smaller market teams, you know, non marquee teams, I do think the handle goes down a little bit. Um, you know, Suns Bucks wasn't really as appealing of a finals matchup last year as as you typically get when you get like Heat Lakers something like that. So I, I do think that's a possibility, but uh, I mean, the Western Conference is is really wide open behind. Um, who's up top there? Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix. Yeah. I mean, there's and Phoenix, you know, they, they've got to prove they can go out and do it again. So, uh, Western conference is going to be great. And, um, you know, I think, I think it'll still be fun to watch even without the Lakers. So you got the Suns at the top every day. I watch you open that number and I watch, I know them bad guys are coming against the Suns every day and all they do is win and cover. I think it's seven of their last eight in 10 of their last 12 or something they've won and covered. They're four and a half at Golden State today. Talk about a team it's hard to make a number for. With Golden State, who's playing, who's not, Steph's to hurt. Draymond's playing, they're a different team. Why does the numbers, like, at what point do do you go, okay, I need to make this higher, but they keep betting against it. Is it confusing both, like, for them and Memphis, who just keep winning games no matter what you make the number? Yeah, Memphis is Memphis is driving me crazy. Like we don't know what to do with them, and like Morant, it seems like they're better without Morant. Like oh, I've been joking right. that they're going to fall apart in the playoffs once he's healthy. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm glad you brought up that that Warriors Suns game because we uh, it was an interesting game, an interesting kind of look into how you're trying to open numbers. Um, yesterday, I think DraftKings opened seven on that game or seven and a half on the uh, Suns, and and we we're, we're sitting there looking at it, and I had it three and a half. Mo had it three, our other guy had it three and a half. So at that point, our goal is, okay, we know we want to take money on the Suns because we think seven is wrong. 
We know they'll bet the difference, you know, people who have a DraftKings account and account with us. Right. So we're trying to figure out what's the number that we should put up that we know they'll bet, but we're not, you know, putting up our number at three. So we threw up, I think, four and a half and minus 190 on the money line. And they just like teed off. They they went crazy thinking the DraftKings number's right, our number's wrong. And uh, I think we moved it all the way up to six, six and a half. And then we took sharp money at six and a half this morning and just followed it all the way back down. But uh, yeah, that's one of those games where, you know, DK's taking the money on the side that you probably want to need, you know, the team that's, that's playing for yeah. something. But I mean, the number's just wrong, you know? So you really have to just take your chances. And if we get cleaned out these last few weeks on needing teams that aren't playing for anything or, or playing for less, then, you know, we'll adjust next year. But I can't justify putting up seven when, you know, I made a game three. Like, you just got to take your chances. Yeah. So Robert Williams, this morning, we found out he had surgery on the knee. He, a huge cog for the Celtics defensively for them, not so much offensively, but a huge piece to their defense. Did you guys react at all or take any money on either side with Boston losing him? And does it matter that it's four to six weeks and we don't know whether he'll be back for the second round of the postseason if they make the second round of the postseason? Well, the Celtics to me are like the Grizzlies. Like I, I can't, I'm astonished by how good they are and how good they've been. And I, I mean, we took a bunch of money early and midway through the year on the Celtics to win the East when I produced, I said, this is a middle of the road team. They're not going to do anything. So we were already buried before they got hot. And they asked me last night, you know, do you want to raise them a little bit? I said, no, just leave them where they're at. <laughs> you know, if they want to bet the other teams based on that news. That's fine. But, uh, you know, to be honest, like I didn't have a lot of familiarity with Robert Williams before this season. So um, you know, it didn't seem like it's necessarily an injury where just like a crushing blow to their title hopes. So we're going to, we're going to protect them. We're going to be conservative. And if, if they want to bet the nets and, uh, bucks and the other contenders in the East, that's perfectly fine. The East looks like it's going to be a gauntlet to get through. And yet, like everybody's keep talking about, well, the, the, the nets are just going to turn the switch on Maddie. Like, oh yeah, they're, they're, no problem. Looking at the East odds, just right now, not holding you to anything, but, I mean, the standings are changing daily with these games. It's a sprint to the end. There's seven games left, eight games left for some of these teams. Who is the favorite in the East right now in your guys' eyes in that room? I think the Bucks are the class of the East right now. And, you know, I don't know how that how that sets up going into the playoffs. You know, you got it. They kind of made the surprise run last year, and now they've got the target on their back. So you could argue that, you know, I mean, it's just always tough to repeat. Like you said, it's such a wide open division. But I think uh, yesterday's game against the Sixers was a good example. That number opened with the Sixers a favorite at home and closed uh, Bucks a favorite and won. Like that's a that's a kind of move to me. That's a statement. Like this is the best team in the conference. Um, but you know, I like the Heat, but they seem to never be healthy. They can't. There there's some turmoil. I don't know what's going on with them. But that was my pick. You know, going into the season, and, and they've kind of fallen apart. So. I, I want to get on board with the Nets thing, but like you said, we've been waiting for a year and a half for them to start clicking and we haven't gotten it yet. So like at some point I need to see something for me to buy in. So, I mean, yeah, I think the Bucks are the favorite right now. You guys had the Celtics at three at one point, I think at open yesterday it was four and a half and now it's at five. What's the ceiling tonight for Boston at Miami in your mind? Yeah, we, uh, we opened that one. We shaded down a little bit thinking Tatum might be out and they announced shortly after that he was in. So we got popped before that news at minus four and went up to five. I think that's where we're sitting now. Um, but man, the heat games, oh my God, every game they have seven guys questionable and then six of them play and it's, I can't like rate them. I can't figure out where they're supposed to be. My number on the 
Kings game was like three points off the other day and we got, you know, destroyed on it. So, um, yeah, that's another team. I'm ready for the playoffs to start with them because they, they're like Popovich trying to figure out who's playing for them. <laughs> Swing it to the NCAA. Okay. I know we, last time we talked to you, we kind of, we mentioned Kentucky. I know you're a Kentucky guy. St. Peter's got everybody, but they started it off with Kentucky. I know the wounds are still fresh because you got Mo there representing the Peacock, all his gear and all that other stuff. Look at this thing this weekend, okay? Four and four or four and a half. Mm. Is there a clear favorite to you right now? Four teams left. Uh, no, I think, I mean, I definitely think it's Duke or Kansas. Um, I, you know, I think Kansas really caught a, a good break and, and when they're playing Villanova, I think that it really fortunate to, you basically got Nova off of their game of the year, probably the best performance they're going to have in the tournament against Houston. And they lose one of their key players. Like you can't really ask for much more if you're Kansas. And, uh, I think if you, you know, fact, if you want to factor in, I don't know if you want to look back to revenge from three, four years ago, but Villanova ran them out of the gym in the semifinals a few years ago. So mm-hmm. I have to imagine Kansas fans want to do the same. Um, but I, I like Kansas. I think they're a slight favorite over Duke. I probably not in the odds or in the power ratings, but I just think the pressure and that title game for the Duke kids and the energy they're going to have to expend to get past North Carolina to get there. I can tell you when we played Louisville in the semis in 2012, that was far more stressful than playing in the title game. So I think Duke's got a really, really tricky path. I think there's some things working against them. And maybe Kansas has some good karma for not getting to play that 2020 tournament when they were a uh, yeah, huge favorite. I think the coaching matchup is a mismatch for Kansas and Nova. Oh, oh I, I can't argue that. Yeah. I think, but, I think it's a coaching. I, I think KU wins, but I, I it's like a lot to let four and a half and five. You get me. I'm just sitting in the weeds and I'm just going to wait. And I'm mm. going to see if I get to five. We talked to, to, Lots of people earlier in the week, and we're kind of having conversations about whether we get to five. I know it's four and a half. Do we get to five with Kansas? Mm-mm. No, we took sharp money uh, plus four and a half minus oh five today and went back to four flat. So, yeah, I think the sharp money is agreeing with you there. I, I like the over a little bit, but you just never really know with these domes. And I think Kansas, I think uh, Villanova just held their Houston at 47 points. So I don't know if the market's going to agree with me on that one, but. Like 131 and a half is crazy. Like they're not playing uh, Providence or Miami. You know, these are two teams that can score a little bit. So um, I think the total will probably creep up. But yeah, the number's probably right at like four, four and a half. Yeah, it's Matt, crazy. Gambling Twitter has had super success with first half unders. I don't yes. know if you've heard, but everybody wins. And, uh, you know, nobody in the room knows what to put the number. You can't make it low enough. And like, were you, I mean, one, I know you recovered from it, but two, we got two games in the Dome on Saturday. First half under, is it that easy? Just punch the tickets and go? I guess, man. I don't know. It just, like, I don't understand how it could be so easy. I don't understand how there's no market adjustment or or how it just keeps going under, but it seems like every year in March, that's the way to go. But uh, I, I can't argue against it. I just, like, I like to think that the market is is reflected and, you know, those results are reflected in the market and just doesn't seem like they are for some reason. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm not – I don't ever play first half over in the tournament games. Like, if you're playing over, you got to do second half. But, um, yeah, it, it's been rough watching those first half hunters every single game come in. Yeah, Nova versus – Kansas, maybe 40 points in the first half. I mean, Nova's just going to (laughs) bleed the clock every possession, 30 seconds full. Like, they're not going to rush at all. KU wants to play fast. 
I don't think Nova lets them. Duke and Carolina have never played in the NCAA tournament. This is the 100th meeting all time for Coach K up against North Carolina, which is so crazy to think about. He's 50 and 49 straight up against North Carolina here. Wow. How much of a shot do you give Carolina to win the game outright? Well, I think this is a game you kind of have to consider how much do you value preseason expectations and full body of work versus recent form. And I think you can make the argument both with, you know, the first year head coach and with the younger players from North Carolina, they just needed a few months to kind of gel and figure it out. And you could probably buy into, you know, similar to some Kentucky teams we've seen in past years that get really strong at the end of the year. You can probably buy into that team being playing well above their power rating at this point in the year and it being justified only, you know, catching four, four and a half. Um, you know, Duke, I mean, Duke's coming off probably their best effort of the tournament, I think, against Arkansas. So um, trying to replicate that. And again, with all this pressure, I just think it's tough. Like, there's no way I could lay with Duke in this game. I think uh, North Carolina would have to be the play. But, Ooh. wow, man, really? I don't know. You, you know they want to push – you know the ratings they want to push Duke through. So money line, <laughs> so, maybe not. So which game was more – indicative of how this is going to go. Duke won at Carolina by 20. Carolina won at Duke by 13. Neither. Man, I mean, the second game was nuts. Weren't they down huge and they came back and won? Like, North, I, North I don't Carolina? even know what to take. No, that, that was like from the jump they had. That, that was the whole Coach K event and the whole, like, all, all the All-Americans. They were distracted from the get-go. And then Carolina yeah. just took it to them. And that was, a, that was bad. I mean, both games were pretty much lopsided from the jump. I mean, I would, that plays in Duke's favor, probably right. To have taken that, that beating at home in the last meeting. But yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know, man, North Carolina looks so I'm just really impressed. It's not the same team that we saw. And I mean, from mid to late February on, they've been awesome. So I I think them getting a few possessions, it's pretty tough to bet against that. I'm going to toot your own horn here a little bit. You were the first one back when there was no baseball to put up baseball season win totals. And that was always a fun thing that, you know, you did at, at, uh, at CG. And we always talked about it. I know you're a baseball guy. I ain't got no Kansas stuff. That's why I'm wearing the Kansas City throwback stuff today. But I'm excited that baseball season is starting. And I know you are as well. Now that we got baseball, have you seen any significant action on those season win totals? And is there one or two in your mind that like you just either can't get away from yourself personally in your pocket or the book has any action on? Uh, well, they're betting the differences. I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. Like, uh, you know, we, we got lucky to the people that don't know what what that means. Explain they're betting the differences. I know what that means, but the regular guy doesn't know what that means. What's that mean? So we put up win totals for every team in all the States in December we probably took eight bets combined across all the states and all the teams from you know December up until someone else put up another number. And then when another casino put up another number that the customers can compare to our number, that's when they know who to bet. So we didn't take any bets until I don't know if it was DraftKings or another, you know, what competitor it was that put up win totals. But until they could see that, oh, the Dodgers are at 99 and a half and WinBet has 95 and a half, so I'm gonna bet over. Uh, that, I mean, that's pretty much what it's been for the last few weeks. And that's, you know, that's kind of what we expect. And, and we were able to get out ahead of some of the free agency moves. And and like, I chopped the hell out of the reds and and took a lot of over money before that came down. Um, took some Mariners under money before, you know, in that same deal. 
you know, we've chopped the A's. We try to stay, you know, low on them. So it's actually been really, really fun doing it in the middle of free agency and trying to adjust for these guys like the Phillies. I've bumped up a bunch. I think they made some really good moves and they're ready to, you know, make moves in that division. Um, and I, I don't know. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, but to be honest, like, yeah, most of our decisions are just, yeah, guys picking off, you know, two, two and a half game differences. Like, I think we're a little high in the Red Sox. Uh, they've been betting that one under. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's nothing, nothing too lopsided, nothing that we like really whiffed on by like five or more games. So, right. uh, the action, you know, isn't too lopsided. What do you do when you have a team like the Orioles that, have just the most pathetic payroll and you have to put a number up, but how low can you go to get an overbet on the Orioles for their win total? Yeah. The last place teams I hate, like the D backs, they won what 52 teams last year or 52 games last year. And like, where do you put them? Are they supposed to be 60 or 65 or 70? Like, um, yeah, the Orioles are really tough. Like where do the wins come from in the division? Um, they'll probably beat up on the AL central. I'm sure. But, yeah, it's just tough to, I don't know. I just really kind of wing it, you know, go off last three years and, and make sure that they haven't made any huge moves. But, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with missing on a couple of these. And, you know, if we have a bad one, that, that's fine. It's, it's okay. If I put up 16, it's supposed to be 55. We can figure that out, you know, after the second or third bet and get to the right number pretty quickly. I tell people all the time, Maddie, that it's harder making the numbers for the bad teams because you really don't know. And like, like, you know, P-Roll just said, how low can you go? Then you look at a division like the NL East and you go, who's the favorite here? Who, I mean, like, you know, because everybody's talking about the Mets and the Mets pitching staff and DeGrom's going to be back. And then you go, okay, the Braves are right there. And then, oh, yeah, the Phillies signed. Listen, the Phillies look like a softball team. I'm calling them the best softball (laughs) team in baseball. I don't know if they can catch many passes or, you know, catch the ball, but they're going to hit a lot of baseballs out of the stadium. What do you do with a division like that? I mean, I don't know who the favorite is in that thing. I'm so glad you asked me about NL East. I'm like heavily involved in the NL East in every direction. So I love the Marlins. The Marlins were my team that I was going to bet over since, you know, November, whenever I first looked at it. Um, so I took them over 73 and a half. I think that team, that organization's really trending in the right direction with, you know, the pitching staff is great. Like, yeah, like I'm big in it. You have to look at analytics and stuff when you're, when you're trying to cap the market and baseball and the Marlins, every single one of their guys checks out analytically. It's really impressive. Um, and then they signed, uh, I think Solaire from the, the Royals to give them some power. Yeah. Um, so that's a team. I think, you know, you can argue that division's really good, but that team's ready to make moves. I think the Phillies got the pieces they need. And I mean, that lineup with Nola and Wheeler, that's really tough. Ooh. So, you know, putting all this together to me, like one of the best bets that's still out there is Braves under, I think you look at the Braves. This is a team that completely surprised down the stretch last year, made this insane run without Acuna and he's going to be out until mid-May. Soraka might not even come back this year. It's going to be like late in the year if he comes back. Mm. I think Charlie Morton's starting the year on the DL. I mean, they're just, you know, you're coming off that run. You lost Freeman. Yeah, like there's so much working against them, especially in that division. So I think that that 91, 91 and a half that's sitting out there, I think that's just based on respect of the last few years. But I don't think this Braves team is going to be the same team we've seen the last few years. Matty, get you out here on this. And this is a question from the live chat here on, on YouTube. Uh, Jordan wants to know 
what are you guys doing and how are you handling Tiger and the Tiger news coming up for the Masters next weekend? I have not even looked at the Masters. I'm not booking it. Um, I'm going to go check when we get done and hope that we don't have a, uh, an embarrassing price on him, but, uh, yeah, golf is not my forte at all. So I'm going to go check We're at, we gave it to one of the young guys. So I'm hoping he uh, grew a pair and, and, and left it at a hundred to one or better. But, um, I saw that the other day, I saw some of the books, you know, starting about, uh, you know, bad prices on tiger. It's just amazing. They still do that, but 50 to one at certain East coast books here in Vegas, it's been a hundred and 125 to one at most books. It's a big I mean, difference in price. Yeah. It's, it's just like, be fair. It's, <laughs> uh, it's not that hard, but I, I don't want to say too much before I go look at the price. So. All right. <laughs> uh, Maddie, thank you for the time, man. We love the conversation. Great insight as always. Thank you for coming on. All right, guys. Appreciate you having me. You're the best, brother. That See you. It's Matt Lindemann, the WinBit senior trader, joining us here on He's the at Lindy Train on Twitter. I don't I mean that's where you can find that you know opening number live and thing they do live on WinBet. But yeah, very cool. Bet there. If you like watching guys break down numbers and how they're going to do numbers, it's pretty cool to check out to see yeah. how that's going to do that. So, uh, yeah, very cool stuff there with Matt. Good, good to get him on. All right, so let me let me ask you a big picture question for Vegas here, Dave, mm-hmm. because. There's a big article that came out this morning uh, written in, oh, where was this written? I think it was the, uh, okay, sorry. It was written on political, political.com, which oh. is kind of an odd place for this article to pop. You, Headline, read, this? you read this on a regular basis? Well, because of this reason. Oh. Headline, the holy grail of gambling could break American sports betting wide open. Voters in the nation's most populous state will get a chance in November to unleash a massive new industry in California and provide a jolt to other uh, holdout states. It is a long conversation about where California could be in sports betting. My first question to you is, if California goes legal, how big of an impact does this have on Nevada? Oh, that's a big one. That's a big one um, because a lot of people you know, come here for the experience of the books. There's a lot of money um, that's bet here that's been bet in California. Um, or from know, California. People, yeah. I I mean, this thing going legal has, I think it's only helped Vegas because now it makes it normal and like you can come here and, and, and it's actually in a lot of cases, you're probably able to do less here than you are there, but you still can. And the learning curve is gone. People know what to do when they come here. Tremendous help because mm-hmm. for at least half of my life, I've been explaining how to do it. And that, I mean, that takes time. There was a lot of, there's a lot of things that you're introducing and then you build up the excitement. They make a couple bets and then they leave and didn't do it again. Now right. they're going and doing it there. Um, so I don't think like, I mean, everyone asked back when it was starting to even be talked about, like another state was going to have it. Oh, are you guys worried? I kept saying, no, I'm not worried at all. It's still a Vegas experience. And it's also getting people in the, um, what's the buzzword ecosystem. That's a good thing, right? We're getting in the ecosystem. So now it's getting a little close to home. I mean, Arizona's doing it, and people are definitely finding ways to use Arizona and then have accounts here. I mean, there's definitely people doing it. I know people are doing it. They're driving over the border and placing bets and funding accounts and doing things that, that, you know, there's – I don't know whether they're supposed to be doing it or not, but they're doing it. If they do it in California, they may not – come here 
like that may actually be the one that like really starts to hurt as far as the big events. I mean, we were just out in the books for March Madness. I guarantee a lot of those people were here from California. We met a few of them. And if they don't come for that stuff because they don't have to, that's the one you're going to feel the most. It's interesting. According to an analysis done by the California legislature, they claimed in 2016, using American Gaming Association estimates, that residents of California illegally wagered roughly $18.7 billion in 2016. <laughs> Do you believe that? How, how, where did they come up with these? Numbers? I have no idea. But $18.7 <laughs> billion in 2016, which was Probably. six years ago. Yeah, of course. Before we saw PAPSPA really take off and all these other yeah. states in Oregon, in Washington state, in Arizona, all the neighboring in Nevada, all these neighboring states who are going legal. That number seems nuts. But the one number they're using now to talk to the public about is that they believe that they could have potentially $3 billion a month be bet in California legally. Um, three billion a month because, well, I mean, I mean, if you, if you look at it in terms of, um, you know, New York and what New York has been doing and the amount of money there, I'm not talking about making money. I'm just talking about a handle handle. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, 2 billion is what New York did. They nearly did 2 billion. You're going to do that during football season. There's no question. You're going to do that during football season. And I think just from the sheer volume, it's the most populous state. I mean, you're going to do I mean, that. What are we number. talking about? Are we talking about 20 billion in handle a year? 25 billion? Like, what's the, I mean, what are we, these are monopoly money type, but this is not even logical what we're talking about with California. When, when, uh, when Lee came here for CG and started, he started and he told us, you know, we're going to do a billion dollars a year in handle, just us. That's the goal. What year was that? I started working for them in uh, 2009. So, oh my gosh. And he okay. came from New York and told us that's the goal. 12 years, do, 13 years ago. We're going to do a billion dollars a year in handle. And we were all like, man, come on. What are you talking about? And he had this vision and he believed it. And we got to a billion dollars a year in handle in just CG properties in Vegas wow. before pass by past. So it's possible. You just got to be willing to, you know, I mean, we had guys coming in betting half a million dollars on a game. Got to mm. take the bets. Right. You got I don't know how you're going to do it with same game parlays. Like, I mean, you're <laughs> going to have, you know what I'm saying? I don't know how you're going to do it. If you have to give away all the money to get the customers, <laughs> you ain't going to do it. You ain't going to be successful. We well, open no, no, the same game parlay is it keeping the money, giving it away with the bonuses is the problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Sign up bonuses and deposit bonuses and deposit matches and all the other things that have been going on. I mean, here's the thing in New York, when Caesars went legal, Caesars gave you a $3,000 deposit match. What the hell are they going to do in California? Five? Oh, oh, 10? See, I would hope that somebody talks to one of the grownups in the room (laughs) and says, you don't have to do all that. You don't have to just open. You just need to be open. Yeah. And people, and make sure the app works. You can give them a little something. 
you ain't got to give away the store. It's the wrong way to get the business because they don't stay. Yeah. They do not stay. And you want people to play. So once you get them in, you got them, keep them. This retention thing is real. Mm. They're not doing it the right way, but that's the key to the business. Just open and, and work and provide a good product, fair prices, multiple menus, and make it, I mean, you, you have to take bets. You can't be profiling people and kicking people out. That's the strength of the business. And they're doing it opposite. They're giving away the store at the beginning. And then going, wait a second, why, why, we ain't making no money. Well, you, your expenses are too high. So I think that will, I mean, do you think that will have an impact? I think that has, that's the first, like, you know, crack in the armor. Of, Vegas? Of sports betting in Vegas. Yeah, the big I, events won't be that big anymore. Why would the, they come here? The reason I think Nevada, or I mean Vegas more than anything, we have often talked about the fact that there's no reason for them to change or innovate because the numbers don't dictate to the properties that they have to innovate and change. California going legal will will, will excuse me require that to happen. Yeah. There will be there will be damn right. Yeah. There will be alarm bells sounding up and down the strip inside of risk room if California goes legal. Now we're probably looking at 2024 before that actually happens, but it's getting louder and louder and louder. And there are real, there are two opposing sides heading towards November. They're both going to spend a hundred million dollars in advertising to knock it down. You have the pro and the con. So if you're in California or traveling to California, get ready for a summer inundated with advertisements on television during sporting events about the pros and the cons of sports betting. It's going to be the most expensive race because the Native American tribes do not want it. They are, they have a monopoly. They are looking at this the way that all these other states have looked at it, which is putting your head in the sand and acting like I've made the analogy about people who didn't want sports on TV for years. And while we had blackout rules saying, you don't buy tickets, you can't watch the game. It's the same mentality. They're saying you can't have mobile sports betting. It will destroy our handle. You can't give us, you know, it can't be mobile. And it has to be mobile. It can't work without mobile. It's a DOA without mobile. So that's the big fight is that like people want to bet on their phones. They want to have the opportunity to bet on it. And like, I've got friends of mine who have lived in California. One of my buddies just moved to Chicago and like, he's texting me like every day. Hey, what are the picks? Hey, what are the plays? What's going on? Because he, he has sign up bonus after sign up bonus. He has eight different books that he's got sign up bonuses to play with. You telling him to watch the show at least? Yeah, I, I mean, I, this is what I said to him. I said, you got two ways of getting all the picks. You can watch in the morning, the Boston versus the book, or you can listen to my podcast at night. And he goes, no, it's easier to text you and ask you directly. Of course. It's like, thanks. Welcome to my world. That's what people do. I'm like, listen, I, I just watch the show. Yeah, I don't I know. It's like, nah, it's easier to just text you and tell me what you're betting tonight. It's like, you know what, man? I was like, that's, he was like, whatever. I was like, that's fine. And then he got off to a hot streak. He's like, I'm seven and one in my first eight bets i'm in love with this this is so fun i'm like yep okay let's see what happens when that stops so but you know but he's you know he likes sports but he doesn't really love sports he's not like right. a huge gambler but like now it's in front of him with eight books offering him sign up and deposit bonuses like crazy thousand bucks here thousand bucks there it's like this is crazy he's like, i got five books matching five grand got 5k to play with like it's 
ridiculous, but that's what Illinois has because you have a huge population base. California is going to be <laughs> insane when it goes. And then when California goes, you know what Texas will do. Texas will be pissed off. They will be mad. They'll be one of the last ones, but eventually even Texas will crack because I think they'll start to look at the numbers and they always want to be their own thing anyway. And if California's got it, I think Texas will go. Come on, we do football better than California does. Let's go. And then boom. You think California goes before Texas? I do. Yeah, I do. It's a lot of religious pushback in Texas. It's a lot of people that are it was hard enough to get you think just Florida like, goes before either one of them? That's a wonderful question. I think the answer is before Texas, yes, but not. I think California will go before Florida. Florida's a mess. They screwed up legally. Like they really made that a whole cluster well, of lawyers and billable hours. They're going to do that in California too, aren't they? Well, it's yeah, I mean, the same it, playbook, but it's a ballot initiative in November. So if you get the ballot initiative, then you start to get the implementation. Then you start to get all like once if it's legally voted, yes, by the people, it's easier to get over all the, the problem. What they did with Florida was it was a compact between the, the state and one tribe. <laughs> and it was ruled to be unconstitutional nationally versus like you can't do that. You can't have you can't use a federal law to do a local state run uh, sports gambling bill. Nobody knew that going in. They did know that, but they were trying to pull a fast one. Like the lawyers are just, this is what happens with lawyers, right? They just interpret different laws and they, <sighs> and they said it doesn't, this federal law does not apply. And the federal government came in and said, <laughs> no, it absolutely applies. This is illegal. What you're doing. You can't use this, you know, national pact with the tribes <laughs> to justify this. I mean, it was a ridiculous rule anyway. I mean, the Seminole tribe was going to get a, going to get a cut of every bet made in the state, whether it was made with a seminal book or not. Like that's insane. <laughs> like it was a monopoly on a monopoly, like the bags that were given out to get that thing passed. I mean, people got paid in Florida to get that thing done. Yeah. I mean, it was corrupt to the, up to your eyeballs to get that thing done. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think Florida just really screwed it up. And, but I think they want to go and they could probably get it passed at some point, you know, DeSantis running for president might stop that a little bit because he was the one that was really pushing it pretty hard. So depending on who, who would come in and take over to be the governor of Florida, if he were to win, would be interesting. But I don't know. I, I think it's such the, the only thing I've, I've said when I've, I've talked about this to people is that like, do the books in Vegas care? And the answer I'm getting back from you and other people are not yet. Not till the money gets affected. When the money gets affected, then they'll care. But right now they don't care. They don't, yeah, they, not yet, but there will come a point where they will. And <laughs> ideally, they should be adapting now. Now, now, hi. <laughs> but can't say that everyone is. I mean, you know, we've been to a lot of books just this past couple of weeks. A lot of things look the same. I mean, you're no starting to see kiosks get integrated into, into some of the books, like Chris was telling us Monday. They're putting more kiosks in. in. People are getting more trainable as far as using the app. I think books, you know, have to. How be, do you feel about that being a former ticket writer? Oh, I saw it early. Like I kept saying, you know, it, it sucks. Uh, it sucks for the job, right? You know, losing automated, losing jobs. People are yes, taking their jobs. Just, automation. You, you get less hours. 
Some people still want to talk to a human being, though. You go to the bank, there's mobile banking, but there's times you just got to go to the bank and talk to people. I mean, yeah, most, but most often when you're like needing to do something that the ATM can't do for you, though. Correct. So, so you're mostly putting out fires now yeah, I mean, as the writers. <laughs> so it's not, it's not the like, at least you'd be able to have conversations with some people. Mostly it's just problems. Hey, my app won't work. Right. The kiosk is out of paper. So now you're a customer service representative versus a ticket writer. Which they add on to the job description, but uh, don't add on to the pay. Now you're required to go and be trained on how to fix the kiosk or answer customer problems on the kiosk. Huh. In addition to banging out tickets and doing all the other stuff, making sure the drawer is right, being on in time and all that other stuff. So it, it changes the dynamic, but it doesn't change the pay. It's very frustrating to sure. see. You saw how busy some of those books were over the weekend. Half of the people at some of those books we were at, were temporary ticket writers that they just hired from a temp agency the week before. They got trained during conference tourney week and worked that as training and then said, here you go, sink or swim, you're on your own window. I haven't talked to everybody, but the ones that had that, they had some shortages, they had some issues with some customers that you don't normally have when you have regular employees. And that's what I think is changing the, the, the dynamic of the customer and in-person sportsbook employee, writer, customer service associate, supervisor. It's changing. And I don't think it's changing for the better in that regard. No. I mean, look, it's the whole bartender thing, right? I mean, at some point, bartending in Vegas is going to be gone. You're not going to have bartenders. You're going to have automated machines that pour your drink perfectly and they don't waste liquor and they don't give liquor to their friends and they don't comp things and they don't, you know, bottles don't go missing and all the other things that happens when you're running a bar in Vegas. Right. It's the automation of the entire, I mean, look at when you check in at Caesars now, you can go through a whole check-in saying you never talked to a human being. You just check it's, in on a kiosk. I don't you get like your that. card. You don't, you don't get comped. You don't get your upgrade. You don't get any of that. You don't get your supplement 20, but a 20 between, you know, the, right. your license and your, in your credit card, you put yeah. a 20 in there and go, Hey, you have any upgrades for me? Like uh, that, that whole thing is now gone. Right. 50, get you a little more. Right. If you guys don't know that trick. You should use it in Vegas, by the way, when you check in, just yep. don't, don't bribe them. Just have a 20, 50, so, whatever. Yeah. Little, little slide in say, Hey, what can you do for me? Upgrade. Hey, any say nothing. available? Yep. That's all. I, I did the last time I did that. It was funny. I did it at uh, when I was staying at Virgin for a bachelor party, and the person was like, "I can't take that, sir." I was like, "No, no, no, no." It's like it's 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 my gift to you, and he's like, "Oh, thank you. I I appreciate that." Hey, did you know that we have an upgrade available for you? Like he, he <laughs> couldn't say yes to the bribe, but he could say yes after taking the money. Is like this is a tip. I was like, "Yeah, it's a tip." He's like, "Oh, great, thank you." Oh, by the way, yeah, we have an upgrade available. <laughs> this happened to have an upgrade available, like amazingly enough. So like they may give you a little resistance at the beginning, but but it does get you, you know, paying your way in Vegas with cash does get you things. That, $20 well spent. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Whether it works or not, they're going to remember you. And yep. then, you know, something comes up. Hey, sir, did you know we have blah, right? Hey, I just want to call you and tell you that we've got whatever. Like, yes, absolutely. You're the ones that they'll think of and take care of you and put you to the front of the line. Yeah, great 20 bucks well spent. Yes. All right, a couple things here before we yep. get to uh, better to book it. Better bet. We're talking about the Orioles here. I told you we, we talked some baseball here. What is a better bet in your mind? Betting the over on the Dodgers win total at 98 and a half 
knowing that Trevor Bauer might be playing and coming back at some point for the Dodgers yeah. or the under on Baltimore, 61 and a half. Well, I know what it is for me. What is what? it for you? Over on the Dodgers. It's under on the Orioles for me. Okay. Only because, listen, one or two things go bad. The Dodgers, right, could win 96 games. 100%. Ain't nothing good enough going to happen for the Orioles where they're going to, I mean, what are they going to win? What's their peak? I don't, but that's my, my fear is they get a young kid that gets hot. I wouldn't make either bet, by the way, just so you know, I'm not betting either one. But if I had to bet one, I've got a insane amount of depth on the Dodgers. They can withstand so many injuries. <laughs> it is true. They can. I mean, it is absolutely completely <laughs> unfair that they can pay Trevor Bauer 30 mil a year to not play. Yeah. yeah. Cy Young award winner is yeah. not on the active roster. And they're like, eh, not a big deal. <laughs> I mean, literally any other team, Yankees included, literally any other team in baseball would be completely hamstrung and would put them so far behind the eight ball that you would bet they're under on win totals because it would be like, man, they really need their ace back. Yeah. Which ace we talking about? They've got three. Yeah. It's sick with the Dodgers where they are. I wouldn't bet it, but if I had to bet it, I bet the over a 98 wins because I'm worried about the Orioles, you know, beating up on somebody getting hot in August or September in winning 63, 64 games. That's still a horrible year. Oh yeah. No, they, I mean, like for me, well, the exercise was simple. Like, and Maddie said it is, it's always harder making the numbers on the bad teams, but 162 games is the number they're playing. They always do. Do they lose a hundred games? That's the first question. Which team loses a hundred games? I would look at the standings and go, which team lose? Which team or teams lose 100 games? And when you look at the Orioles' division, if the Yankees have a bad year, they're not going to be better. Like, if the if the, if the the Red Sox have a bad year, the Orioles aren't going to be that much better. Like, there's four teams in that division. Right. They're all going to beat up on the Orioles. So yep, their much. division is so tough that I already feel like I got a good shot at that. Somebody and should put up, here's a great bet. What team do the Orioles in the division have the best record against? I love that. Which team do they win the most games against? Rays, See, Red Sox, Blue Jays, Yankees. If we had a book right now, we would go through the schedule and look and see when they're playing. Because yeah. obviously the September ones, we got a better shot. Like if they play, you know, the, the Blue Jays eight times in September. Right. I would think, okay, you know, or the Yankees, like one of the teams that may have a spot clinched or something because there's now more spots. Or maybe do they need it, though? The problem could be the other way, though, that they need those wins to keep themselves ahead of the Rays or the Blue Jays or the Red Sox. That would be my also concern that you want to play the Orioles in September. Those teams would. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, any team in the East wants to play, most likely right. wants to play the Orioles in September because they're guaranteed Ws. Which would affect the number. When yeah. we do the number, the perception-wise, you have to think what someone's going to look at when they make that bet. That's right. one, they're going to look at the September games. Two, they're going to look at the April games. Because right. if you play them more in April, you got a chance. You remember last year, the sure. Red Sox started the season getting swept yeah. by Baltimore. 
Yeah. And everybody was all hell was breaking loose. Everybody that was, was like, every, everybody I don't know if they just, lost again to the Orioles till September. I think one they, they, other time. Yeah. I think that's the whole season. Yeah. One other time. So yeah, no, but if we had a book, I'd say like, look, let's, let's, that's, this is our fun exercise today. We need something to do. Let's go through this. Let's come up with numbers, you know, and we would, we would make a, a, a pool. I love that. And, and, you know, I don't know how many bets we would take. You heard Maddie put up those numbers in, in, and took eight bets in their, their legal in six states. He took eight bets for three months because nobody had numbers up. Unbelievable. And that's the reality of this stuff. You don't always see a lot of bets on it, but it's good fodder for media. And it's good. It's great risk room discussion. It gives us something to talk about for six months. You're like, yeah, remember you said they would have the best record against the Red Sox. Look what they're doing against the Blue Jays, you know, and you go right. back and forth. It's fun. Interesting stuff. All right. So our props.com story of the day running right into baseball here. And you guys can go to props.com and read more stories like this. But talking a bit about where we are here from a pitching perspective and win leaders in Major League Baseball. Garrett Cole right now is the odds on favorite at BetMGM to lead the American League or lead baseball in wins at plus 650. This seems like a really hard market to bet because you've got so many pitchers, Walker Bueller, Max Scherzer, Zach Wheeler, Jacob deGrom, Kevin Gosman, Jose Barrios. It's not the best pitcher, right? Because you can get a win by being a crap pitcher or having a bad outing. You can still get a win. That's why pitching you know, win totals is a stupid stat and an <laughs> overrated metric when it comes to Cy Young award winners. But how do you bet that? How do you bet pitchers wins? Do you just go through and see who has the best lineup against the weakest number of you know divisional opponents? I think you're nuts if you bet this. This yeah, is hard. Agree. Yeah, this, this is, is hard. Really, this is really hard. And I mean, you know, we do this prop of the day. And we talk about rebounds being random. Wins, I mean, if I was going to bet it, which I'm not, but if I was, I would look at the best pitcher on the best team in a division with two bad teams. How about Corbin Burns from the Brewers then? That fits that. He's eighteen to one. That's pretty good to lead the to lead the league and, and wins. Yeah, because he gets the Pirates and the Reds and the Cubs. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at that like that's the it's three bad teams. I, that's what I'm saying. Like it's three teams that are going to be under five hundred. So Cardinals are going to hit a thousand home runs this year. Oh my goodness! Cardinals are going to hit so many home runs <laughs> <laughs> now with Pujols back. You talk about softball teams. That's uh, the that's what the Cardinals are. Yeah, but they get that Gold Glover at third yeah. man. Arenado's yeah. one of the yeah. best third basements I've ever seen in person play. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of how about one of the White Sox pitchers. Um, not even on the list. Really, Giolito's I mean, not on the list. I mean. 20 to one, it stops at 20 to one. So it's, oh, okay. they're higher, they're higher than 20 to one to get Giolito. Okay. Both Blue Jay pitchers are 15 to one. DeGrom is nine to one. Wheeler is nine to one. I don't mind Zach Wheeler at nine to one. They get so many no decisions because of the bullpen. True. Like now you gotta, you gotta get a, t- a guy on a, not only a that's good- a great point. How many, how many bullpen blown blown games are you gonna? Yeah, have? I mean yep, that's the problem point. with picking picking him with the Phillies is like 
yes, he's going to leave with the win, you know, win eligible. And then a bullpen blows the game. He don't get the win. So you got to have a good back end uh, as well as a good schedule. I mean, like some of these division guys, they'll face a team four times in a season. You know, they get 30 starts. You see the same team four times, maybe twice. You know, so DeGraw may see the Phillies four times. Um, and, you know, the Braves four times. And then the way the rotation goes, maybe Marlins three. Um, do you think, in your mind, do you think you have to have a clear number one starter for this? I don't think you do. I don't know. I mean, wins are, I mean, I think you're absolutely right about rebounds. Wins are very similar because again, you can suck and win a game. So it's hard. I think it's hard to say like, oh yeah, go into this and whoever the Cy Young award winner is going to win. It's going to lead the league in wins in that. I just, I don't think that's true. I think it's it's an interesting article to to write because I think it's got such, it's so volatile as to who actually is going to win the, you know, lead the league. It has to be a good pitcher, obviously, but we've seen Jacob DeGrom win the Cy Young with a losing winning, winning, win, win, loss record. Yeah. So it's about the, you know, the best pitcher doesn't always win the most games. So you can have a guy win 20 games and have an ERA of four. Just matters what the team is going to score for you. Exactly. Run support is huge, right? Like Walker Bueller. Where's he on that list? He's probably right below. He's number two. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's uh Walker is eight to one. You gotta, you gotta be on a good team. Obviously I think you gotta be top three starter. You gotta have a good bullpen and you gotta stay healthy. I yeah, gotta, I, I gotta get a guy who I know is, is maybe younger going to give me minimum 30 starts, you know, 34 ideally. I mean, they don't even do that anymore. Like, yeah. it's, you know, they skip starts and all this other stuff. It's a that's a hard market, man. I I I let's add that to reason now. We're we're up over a million, one point two million reasons why I'm not in the book anymore and have to make these numbers. That's a tough one. Yeah, I if I had to bet it, I mean, I think Corbett Burns at eighteen to one. I think it's, it's a decent value. That ain't play. bad. It's a, a de- decent value bad. play there for eighteen to one. And then if you want to go with one of the favorites, I, I, I think Zach Wheeler at nine to one. Wouldn't be a horrible deal. So you guys can go read that a full article on props.com right now, uh, right on the front page. If you guys want to go read it for baseball win totals, breaking down that market. You want to take a look at what we think some of the favorites and odds are there for you guys. All right. Time now for our betprep.com prop of the day. So we missed yesterday, unfortunately. A little bit of a streaky one. We've gone 0 and 3 to 4 and 0, and then an 0 and 2 mark, unfortunately, with Middleton hitting. And the other prop that we thought we talked about didn't hit either, but really just one loss there. Tonight, well, the under train has ended, Dave. <laughs> we are going LaMelo Ball over six and a half assists, according to betprep.com. The best lines, 127. You can find it at Barstool, Sugar House, Rivers, 888. This year, Ball is averaging 7.5 assists per game. There are a lot of books who might be hanging seven and a half, but some are at six and a half. Bell, uh, Ball has had seven or more assists in eight of his last nine when his team's favored. They are against the Knicks tonight. Seven or more in eight of his last nine when they're favored. Okay. Yep. Seven or more in seven of his last nine games overall, averaging 8.1 assists per game. Okay. Seven or more assists in nine of his last 12 with the gate with his team on the road, averaging eight assists per game on the road. Ball has played the Knicks twice this year. His first game playing at MSG, however. 
How do we feel about LaMelo Ball? What are you doing in two games against the Knicks? Uh, It does not say. Let me see here um, what he did against the Knicks. Let me pull that up real quick for LaMelo Ball. Just want to make sure it wasn't like one of those things where he only got one or... He's averaging 7.4. He played the Knicks back on the 23rd at home, and he recorded five assists in that game. Mm -hmm. So that would have been under. And then... Um, let's see. The other time they play, he played the Knicks was back on the 12th of November and he recorded nine assists. Okay. So he's one and one to the over so far this year. I would lean under, um, right now, but you know me, I'm usually, I mean, Charlotte games are always so high scoring. It's the only, I mean, over the last, if you just go through bell, he had 11 in their last game against Denver. Nine against Brooklyn, five against Utah, five against the Knicks, nine against New Orleans, seven against Dallas, 11 against Atlanta, seven against Oklahoma City, nine against New Orleans. So it really comes down to the pace of play and how many, I mean, like the Oklahoma City, when he had seven against OKC, it was 134, 116. When he had 11 against Atlanta, it was 116 to 106. Mm. So you need, you need the game to go at least approaching over tonight. If you like this, it's almost a correlate. I lean that. under in the game. Oh, that's, that's what I'm thinking under for this. I don't know. Do you think this is, um, do you think this is correlated at all to the Hornets winning? You feel like the Hornets have to win for him to get this over? I think they're going to win anyway. Oh, okay. okay. So I, I don't like the Knicks right now. I mean, 225 and a half for this, it does feel like it should be an underplay just because the Knicks have been at home 19, 19 and one to the total against the conference. They're 21, 24 and one. Charlotte is 19, 26 and one to the over. So 26, 19 and one to the under for Charlotte this year against the conference. So last three have gone under for Charlotte. Last two have gone under for the Knicks. So that would be, you know, I would, I would, I would, I would agree that last three games, then three out of four, or four out of five, rather, have gone under for the for the for Charlotte, uh, two zero and one to the under for the Knicks over the last three. So, I do lean under. So if I lean under, I think you got to at least be careful with this. Yep, I wouldn't play seven and a half. Nope. I would, I would, I would if you find six and a half, okay, it's, but I would not right. play seven and a half. It's gonna fall right around the number again. I mean, it's gonna, you know, yeah, one or two with what five, six, seven, or eight. Correct. Unless yeah. they, unless they you know, put up 120 themselves and light it up and he gets double digits, it's going to fall five, six, seven, or eight. He needs yep. to fall seven or eight to win the bet. That's why seven and a half is a big number because it's, it's very unlikely that, you know, you get of one of four numbers due to math. I, 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 six and a half is big. There is one bet that Bet Prep is talking about today that I do like. Oh. And that is the Nuggets laying three and a half in the first quarter against the Pacers tonight. Yeah. So the, the Nuggets are eight and three ATS in the first quarter on the road over the last 11 games. Over to. Yep. Five and one ATS in the first quarter against teams with a losing record over their last six games. Oh, and the Pacers are one and seven ATS in the first quarter over the last eight games. That sounds like a good bet. Pacers are coming off to slow starts. Nuggets need to pick it up, man. Like they got to get going here. Not like oh, what I've seen. This guy 
Joker's going to win the MVP now. The team now. I'm not talking about Jokovic. You want to bet on, and by the way, Jokovic is now the odds on favor by a big margin to win the MVP. What happened? Again. Somebody must have dumped the bag on that or what? Yeah. Flipped all the way to minus 140 for Jokovic to win the MVP. So if you like Embiid, if you think the, you think he comes down hard, Embiid is like plus 130 right now. Best price in a long time on Joel Embiid to win the MVP. You can, you can grab right now. I was looking at some of these numbers. How is Devin Booker not in the discussion? Because of Chris Paul taking man, votes. Man, as good as Phoenix is, he ain't missed no games. He missed a couple games or whatever. Like, he's got to be. I can't believe not even in the discussion. Nope. Not even kind of. Not even, I mean, a little bit part of the discussion. Like He's just out of it entirely. It's a two-horse race. I mean, it's just. Yeah, to be honest, just the, his numbers, nobody's betting him. They moved that. He's double digits now. I mean. It is a two-horse race. I just wonder what, what prompted that move. Yeah. Um, it's surprising. Yeah. All right. Let's get to better to book it here. Mm-hmm. And let's start with Memphis against San Antonio. The Memphis Grizzlies, as Maddie Lindemann talked to us about it, just can't figure them out. I laid five and a half last night. Or, sorry, I laid six and a half last night. Big move against me. Bad guys have come in, laying, taking the six and a half. I'm laying it. On the road, Memphis is 25 and 13 this year, ATS. They are 5 and 0 over the last five. And in those five games that they have won and covered, they've won by 28, 25, 30, 12, and 24. If If you go back over six of the last seven, that includes a 33 point win against Indiana. The only loss was a 15 point loss to Atlanta on the road, where the team just laid an egg for whatever reason. But when they are winning, it is not close. Over the last five games, they've covered by 19, 26, 18 and a half, 13, and 11 and a half. They're not just beating the number. They're blowing the shit out of the number when they cover. So I don't care if it moved against me. I laid the six and a half. Memphis playing for a spot. I know San Antonio is too. I get it. They're trying to stay ahead of the Lakers. I, I fully understand that. I laid the six and a half. Better book Memphis, my six and a half. Need my head examined. Say I'm gonna book it, and I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna book it. <laughs> I am. It's just one of those things. I just I, I'm at home. I'm I'm with the I'm with it. First game of the road trip, San Antonio still playing for everything. I like the game over the okay. best. This 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 might be 300 tonight. <laughs> like they may score 300. If they do. Memphis can win by 20. There's no question. Memphis can win this game by 20. But I'm not. I, this is that number. Like, if it was four, mm-hmm. we're in. I think the game falls. Memphis Memphis wins. San Antonio covers. It's going to be really close. I w- I'm going to book this one. I'm not a big fan of it. But I know. I I mean, we just had so Maddie you, on. You, you think Memphis wins by five? It's going to fall right around that number. It's going to be okay. one of those silly – We'll probably hit a three at the end or foul shots or something. This could be the dribble out at seven, though. Could like, be. This is going to be one of those ones. Um, I don't know where Memphis goes next. I didn't look. But, um, I mean, they're playing for that two seed, man. Yep. They're just This is it's not, it's not the right time to be going against Memphis. But I, just being in the book long enough, I'll book it reluctantly, but I'll book it. The last time they won by less than double digits, they won by seven on the road at Oklahoma City, laying 15 points. And they won by four at home against New York, laying nine. But every other time they've been favored, six and a half against Indiana, they won by 33. 
12 and a half against Houston, one by 24, 11 and a half against Indiana, one by 30, catch oh. one against Milwaukee, one by 25, laying nine against Golden State, one by 28. Yeah, this is, they could run you out. They can, they, run, they they, can definitely they run you out. Curb stomp people. Man, oh so man. I'm just, I'm going to ride the streak and I'm, uh, I'm betting it. Speaking of riding the streak, Miami against Boston tonight, Celtics. And I'm very chalky today. I understand this. I laid four and a half last night with the Boston Celtics number now is five and a half. So I have a little CLV on this Celtics over their last six games. They lost, but covered or sorry, last seven games. They lost and covered against Toronto, eight and a half point dogs lost by three in overtime. They were laying six and a half against Minnesota, one by 22. They were laying five against Utah, one by 28. They were laying 13 against OKC, only one by nine, but then against Denver laid three, one by 20. Sacramento laid 10 and a half, one by 29. And Golden State (laughs) catching two, one by 22 points. Boston has not won a game since the beginning of March <laughs> by less than nine points. They're laying four and a half, now five and a half, betting or booking the Celtics against the dysfunctional Miami Heat. I booked that first one. I don't have to book the second one. I'm betting the second <laughs> one. I'm like, come on. Look, we got it. We got a good shot here at making a run for that one seed. And this is this is a playoff game. Well, the Bucs winning last night was big for me. I I, I felt much more comfortable after the Bucs came back to beat Philly. I was like, okay, now Boston's going to see themselves below the Milwaukee Bucks. Everyone's back. Tatum's playing. Brown's playing. No Williams, but go to work. And when we were texting about this, this is why they sat in Toronto. Toronto, right? For this game. So we, we sat for this game. We're playing tonight. I uh, I love it. I, I I mean, haven't done it for a while. Should we should we should we do the B squared? Oh, this is a B square. All I, right, I, I like I, it. I think I like the number. Yeah, I like the spot. Yeah, it's Boston. I I I think this is one. This is this is a B squared game where like this is a play. You're gonna see this line climb. You better yes. grab it now because it's, it's going up. Yeah. It's yeah. But I think I think you heard Maddie even say it like. Miami's hard to figure out right now. Mm-hmm. Statement game. Statement mm-hmm. game. Double-digit win. Celtics. I'm jealous of our boy Julian Edlow because he's got three. He got the offshore opener. Offshore opener three? was three. Yeah, that was the offshore opener. Vegas opened at four and a half, but the offshore opener was three, and then boom, right to four and a half. <laughs> Did they think those guys – oh, Maddie said he wasn't sure Tatum was going to play. Yes, that was it was like Tatum, and then oh. once Tatum. And then once Tatum was ruled in – Doink, right to four and a half <laughs> fast. He opened it four. So another yeah. at five, he said. So yeah, I would, I think six, maybe six and a half. This thing's going to close. I think they're just going to see one way action on this. It's going to be, we got all Boston money coming in on this one. We got a couple five and a halfs already. Yep. In town. DraftKings is five and a half. Uh, one of the offshores I look at is five and a half. We're going. This thing okay. may go. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's going to be a runner. And then finally, again, chalky, but I'm just late in the season. I'm much more comfortable trusting these numbers to be right and laying these numbers. I know the bad guys like Golden State. Don't care. I am on the opposite side of this move. Numbers four and a half now. I laid five and a half last night. Phoenix up against the Golden State Warriors. Phoenix is 23 and 13 on the road this year, ATS. They're eight and two over the last 10 
ATS. They're 25 and 20 against the Western Conference. They've covered their last three games, winning by 10, 10, and 9. I laid five and a half against Golden State. No Steph Curry tonight for the Warriors betting or booking Phoenix on the road. I'm good with it. I lo- I'm, I, I'd say we bet this too. Um, we got a full complement of players today for Phoenix, right? Like Booker's playing, everybody. This is we the danger yes. of, of playing Phoenix the rest of the way. The, the one first move I would say is that maybe Booker is out, but even if Booker is out, I'm comfortable playing it. I'm I don't think Golden it, State. I'm comfortable playing it at four and a half, which it is now everywhere. Right. Five and a half, four and a half. I'm comfortable either way. I, yeah. I, I just, I don't like Golden State at all right now. I, I just, I don't like the way they're playing. Without they're, Steph, we don't, we can't touch them. They're a mess. Do. They've lost six of seven. They've lost by 28, 8, 11, 4, 2, and 22. Their lone win was with the G League team on the road against Miami. I don't want that team. <laughs> I don't, we They're don't need bad. We don't, yeah. I mean, we talked I about got my 40s. They've accepted their fate, but like yep. their fate may be fourth, by the way. Yeah. They got I mean, somebody coming up right behind them. They have to figure it out here in the last, at least they got to win. If they have seven or eight games, if they got to win more than half to keep that, that uh, four seed off of them. So they don't have to play four or five. Which maybe they want, but then they got to play the Suns in the second round. Yeah, so Dallas is a game behind. Yeah, Golden State's forty-eight and twenty-eight. Dallas is forty-seven and twenty-nine. Utah is forty-five and thirty-one. Denver is forty-five and thirty-one. So I mean, technically, I mean, they they keep on losing. They can drop all the way down to the six seed. Oh, I mean, if they keep losing, they lost three games in a row, six of seven. I mean, they, they, they keep, you know, if, mm. if, if they sit Steph until the end, until the playoff, which it sounds like they're going to, then, I mean, here's their schedule the rest of the way. Phoenix at home, Utah at home, at Sacramento, home for the Lakers, at San Antonio, at New Orleans, and both San Antonio and New Orleans will need those games. Those will not be layup, walk in the park games. They'll need those games. Mm. So I mean, I got my forty-seven and a half wins already for the Warriors. So I'm I'm good. I cashed my right, right, and I just got there. I mean, they they may win forty-nine, fifty games. They may just <laughs> get over that number. Where at one point they were way over that number. Right, they were on pace for close to 60, sixty wins. It was yeah. going to be a laugher. Yeah, but now injuries and whatnot. I got my over forty-seven and a half, but that's Ooh. I don't know how much higher they go. They have forty-eight now. I mean, they might get fifty. Right, but uh they know they're in the playoffs. It's just what seed are they going to be? And I think this is a team that's veteran enough. Like we talked about earlier, what in the month, I think it may have been late February, but like Draymond green saying, we're going to win a championship. We don't care about the seed. Yeah. I think that's true. I don't think they care about the seed. Must be nice. And Phoenix is a chance to step on, you know, go ahead and add to the misery, keep it going, assert their dominance. They like playing on the road. They're really good on the road. And yeah, they've clinched the one seed, but like, it's not like it's the last week of the season. They got to yeah. play to play sharp. Got to play. You can't just like th- kick your heels up and be like, okay, we'll care. We'll, we'll worry about this in April. No, right. you got to play still. <laughs> uh, I'm taking Phoenix. Every we just Keep asking people. I, I don't know. I mean, you keep betting against them and 
That's great. Keep coming in. I tell them in the book, you betting against Phoenix again today? Yep. Okay, good. See you later. Fine. Wouldn't do it. Nope. nope. Would would not do it. Nope. All right. Favorite thing about today is what? Um, Yesterday, I uh, I had lunch with my wife. We're doing it again today. Told Ooh. her, you know, we got a little bit of a, uh, I don't know what we're going to have, but a little lunch date while she's working. But, you know, we got all this chaos working at home. The little one feels better today. Good. So we're coming out of that. Good. Which is good. And then. Um, Any fever? Uh, the fever lessened last night, the good. night before. Yeah. Boom, like it was yeah. like a high fever, you know, and. Madeline said Saturday night was 102.1. Yeah, I think we touched 102 as well. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the worst. I swear. Seeing a kid sick, it still drives me crazy, even number three. Yep. I don't like it. Um, I can't sleep, but I slept good last night, so good. I feel better too. So good. Yeah, we're uh we're having a hell of a day so far. That's what we're doing. S- sleep to contend. I the my favorite thing about today is that I woke up and I realized by scrolling Twitter that we live in the sports mecca of America right now. Crazy, ain't it? F1 <laughs> is going to make the announcement, I think it's this afternoon or maybe tomorrow morning <laughs> over in Europe, yeah. that we're getting three F1 races here in Las Vegas. <laughs> We have not one, but we have two arenas being planned to entice an NBA franchise to come here. We have a $2 billion football stadium in which we will host the Super Bowl coming up in 2024. Two years. We have the NFL draft coming in less than 30 days to this market. Yes, we do. We have a Sweet 16 regional regional final happening one year from now at T-Mobile Arena coming up in March. And that's not talking about the Golden Knights in their playoffs coming up. That's not talking about the Aces who will start play coming up here for the WNBA. It's not talking about the conference tournaments that we have here like crazy. Yep. It's not talking about UNLV softball or UNLV baseball yep. or UNLV football that will play yep. coming up here today. This market is ridiculous. <laughs> I had a guy from Channel 3, the NBC affiliate, come talk to my class on Monday. And we were we were just talking I mean, after the class and like, He's 31 years old and like he is a former quarterback and wanted to play high level D1 and was recruited and it didn't work out for him. So he went into TV and he loves like breaking down film and doing stuff here locally in in, in Vegas. And it was just Jesse Merrick is his name in case you're yeah. watching in Vegas. So Jesse Merrick came in. And so it was, we were just like he, one of the kids asked him, like, are you going to stay here? And he was like, I'd be an idiot to leave here. Like. I have people who are calling me saying, how do I get to Vegas coming from top 10 markets? How do I get there? Because what you guys have, forget traveling to these events. It's 20 freaking minutes from our house. It's just getting the car, drive down. And we have the biggest events, the boxing, the UFC. I mean, all this stuff. We haven't talked about all that. Like it's insane (laughs) to be here in this market, to work in sports and sports betting and sports content in this market right now. And to realize what we're about to enter and what we're kind of entering now in this market starting in April. I can't believe it. I really can't believe it because for the longest time when you move here and you start a family and they tell you, Oh, you know, this, you don't want to raise your kids here. There's that, whatever. And I kept saying, it ain't so bad. I mean, I've lived in other places. Like it's not bad. And, you know, the dream of, I mean, 
literally worked in the books for a long time and couldn't say the word Super Bowl. He couldn't <laughs> talk about like we didn't even think about having a home team. And then, you know, they said, no, we're going to put a hockey team here. And I remember thinking, ah, that's never going to go. Really? Right. Like, really? How's that good? The first year in the book was incredible. People come from all over. And I was like, oh, I missed that. I didn't mm -hmm. see that one coming. And then they were good and it was done. It was like, wow. First year. Passpa passes. And then we get an NFL team and they build that stadium, which has caused traffic to be nonstop. People driving by looking at that thing. It's a beautiful structure. I mean, beautiful $2 billion rumba. Right. It's, it's <laughs> people look at that thing driving by. And, and now, the screen. oh, the screen on the outside is so nice. You sent me the text this morning. They're going to build the a basketball ring. We're going to get an NBA team. We got one of the nicest practice facilities for the Knights yep. with that whole downtown Summerlin area with a ballpark. Triple A, yeah. Then I drive by and go, I can't believe this is all right here. So, yeah, we ain't going nowhere for a while. <laughs> it's so fun. I mean, really, it's just, it's such an interesting, like, I don't want to say like a throwing of the switch, but it really felt it felt like a th like just a switch got oh. thrown. And we haven't had an F one event here. Like I was, do you know how much these tickets are going to be? Marenzi was telling me yesterday. It's they insane. Going four figure starting to get in, like minimum in Austin. It's seven hundred dollars to get in per ticket. Like at the, at Coda Circus of the Americas, where they've had the F one race and now they've lost the F one race, so it's coming here now, and so. It went to Austin, didn't do as well as they wanted it to. Didn't think it was going to draw as many people as, as it could have. But we've got three of them and they're going on the strip. Like we're, <laughs> we're going to we're going to have like you want to talk about a traffic nightmare. You might as well just oh. leave the freaking town like it, it is going to be. Mm. They're going to drive 200 miles an hour down the strip. Like the high roller maybe, of high rollers. The first time that happened. I mean, the uh, first time an F1 did it probably. Legally, yeah. when there was right. nothing there to worry about it. But you've got. This, this is the sport of Kings. Like used to be polo, Literally. but this is the sport of Kings. Like the high roller of the high rollers oh. come out for F1. Why? I don't know. I don't understand, <laughs> but Monaco and all these like crazy high, high expensive places in Europe. And we're getting one race a year for 23, 24, 25 here in Vegas. What time of year? It's going to be in the spring right i think please don't be during football season i don't think so i think it's i don't think it's during football season i think they were smart enough to not do it during football season oh, but it is just crazy to think about the things that we are going to get to see and experience here in las vegas kids have no idea they think this is all normal everything is coming here <laughs> like literally everything if we get the nba I don't oh. want me. I don't want major league baseball. Okay. I've been on the record here. I don't want, don't, I love baseball. Don't want it here. I'll go. It's not going to work here, but it, it, too fine. many games, too many games, everything. It's just too, 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 too much. Everything yeah. where they put the ballpark and everything else. But some people push back on that. They think I'm wrong. They think people will, will go. I disagree, but okay. So, I mean, this size of a market, <laughs> like Kansas city and Vegas are kind of similar in size in my mind, like similar market sizes in really? television, wow. similar market sizes of people. Very similar size. You're wearing the Casey hat, so I popped in my brain. Okay. Very similar. Easy to get around. Yeah. Really fun place to live. Yeah. They have football and, ba and baseball, and that's it. 
They've been clamoring for a hockey team for years. They built the Sprint Center with the whole now T-Mobile. They almost took my Penguins. Yep. They're desperate for a hockey team. Desperate, desperate, desperate. They can't get it. No one's going there. We might get four. We might have all four. Like, whoa. That's like, what are we doing building two arenas for one team? Like what? A $3 billion idea. And oh yeah, by the way, Resorts World, which basically has more money than anybody, they want to build an arena <laughs> right in front of their place. I, I don't just, know. I mean, it's insane. It's crazy. It's just crazy to think about, and it's and it's happening. I mean, if we get a basketball team, man, it's going to change out. change even more. Like the perception of all of it, it's going to just be nuts. We're a basketball city. It's the weirdest thing. We are a basketball city. AAU. The tournaments, UNLV, summer league, like USA basketball practice for for the Olympic stuff. I mean, it's already here. We are a basketball city and we don't have the NBA. Like a part of me, I was talking to someone at UNLV about that. And one person said, you know, it's funny. You would think the NBA would really want to come here. But there are some people in the NBA that like the escape of coming to Vegas. Correct. And if you put an NBA team here. This is no longer the escape. Yeah. <laughs> this is you're here a lot. You're coming here a lot. So like they're like they don't want to lose I've, that ambiance of coming here. I've heard that actually uh, from some NHL guys, like where that was like they would come here after the season and uh, it was a okay. place to come blow it out. Now it's like oh, it's another it's another place on a road trip. Right. Like it's not doesn't have that because now they have to come here to work. Right. Where they didn't come here before to work it and they can always- be recognized too. They would come here and not be recognized. Right. Now they can come here and be recognized. People right. don't know who they are, know their name, know who they're with. Different, different yeah. experience. Come totally yeah. different experience. So, I mean, Vegas was that oasis, right? That was the whole thing. It yep. was all this, you know, come to Vegas. Like, you know, what 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 happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? That whole tagline that people took off for years and years. Yeah, don't see that anymore, huh? Nope. That's not our, that's not our calling card anymore. <laughs> no, our, our calling card now is we have everything. So you better come live here. Cause at some point our taxes aren't going to be what our you taxes can are. Just come visit. Y'all don't have to come live here. Please. You don't have to come. Just come visit. Stay a while. It's fun, but leave. Go. They're not leaving. Go. It's fine. But they're not leaving. They're, not. they're coming and they're staying. I know. I know. <laughs> and then you've heard Maddie. How many people are thinking the same thing that Lindemann is? I got a house. 20 miles, 20 minutes, five minutes, whatever from the new stadium, build it up, baby. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I, I, it's I, happening. I mean, it's happening whether anyone wants it to or not. It's that they're coming. I mean, it's just, it's starting again. You can see it drive around. Traffic's crazy. I drove around over the weekend. I'm like, <sighs> I forgot what this was like. If it was like this back in 2006, 2007, it was, you know, and the roads weren't even close to what they are now. Do you think we're headed to a repeat of that? <clears throat> You lived here. Repeat of of the down, the bubble popping. Man, that was such a strange time. That was such a strange time. I hope not. I don't think the it's stories of like people it have did. the stories of people that I I know now who just said like they left their keys on their on their island, and just walked out. It was so key, strange. Dunk, and walked out. Just like it was it was cheaper to do that than it was to pay the mortgage. We lived on a a, a ten house cul de sac, and I can't even begin to tell you how many times it happened just on that ten house cul de sac. Like the house next door stayed empty for two years. Like people just left middle wow. of the night, never came back. 
Um, we had a couple of the houses just turn into like, you know, rental units, one right. that kind of boarded up because they got broken into like, just, it was nuts. It was just like, if people just left, it was gone. Everybody. And it just was really weird. Cause I was still working in the book. And then, you know, you saw it because people had discretionary income and people were coming and visiting. It was so busy. And then it wasn't. Yeah. And it was like, uh, what's going on here? Like, and I don't know. I hope not, but I mean, how much higher can stuff get? Like how much higher can gas get? Gas is so expensive and everything just keep going up. I don't know. Do you think so? I'm not an economist. I have no idea. I just know that we're not in the same type of mortgage situation. Situation, Definitely not. Like we don't have yeah. like the big short. We don't have, you know, adult entertainment entertainers having three different houses on all adjustable rate mortgages that after three years all spike to 25%. <laughs> right. So we don't have that. So thank, God. thank goodness we don't have those types of things when you're yeah. in an all cash business and you're like, oh, you're making $120,000 a year, all cash. Beautiful. We'll give you four mortgages. Like, yeah, right. adjustable rate. It's, it's 0.3 now and it'll be, you know, to sell it in three years and then you can get out of that and don't worry yeah. about it. And then the bottom falls out and the adjustable rate pops up and everybody can't afford to pay their mortgage. Right. So we don't, I know we don't have that going on, but. I don't think we talked about it yesterday about the supply for houses. You know, a healthy market's got six months supply. We have 30 days. That's not healthy. The uh in, in a two-bedroom apartment here in Las Vegas is the most expensive it's ever been. So wow. that's not good. You know, people who who don't own houses just want to live in and move here or coming here so that they're gobbling up everything. I don't, I don't think that's good. So and in gas prices, inflation, I'm not an economist. It's just, just look around and it's, it was 560 for gas yesterday here in Vegas. Like those are California prices. <laughs> those are not, and it's $7 in California for gas. So no wonder why my kids will never fill the gas tank up anymore. Every time I get the car, right. I'm like, why is it on E all because the time? Because it's. I mean, it's like it takes all their money, 60 bucks to fill the car. It's just it to be 30. Right. And so like that, I, 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 again, I'm not an economist. I don't know what happens, but my fear for the Nevada market is, or for the Vegas market is that we, we have so many good things planned out. And like, when you start planning three, four, five years out, I always get like, okay, remember when we had the draft and then COVID hit, <laughs> like we were all psyched for the draft and then COVID things happen oh. in life when you're planning <laughs> that take out those opportunities. So that's for sure. And, and I mean, like, Seeing that after seeing that first bubble pop and then like living the COVID thing and seeing it. I mean, we were both lives changed dramatically. Look where um, we are. Look where we are right now. <laughs> where, yeah. where, where we are is because of what happened with COVID two right. years ago. No, I mean, but like it, that was, I remember, did you drive down the strip? At all? Oh my God! COVID. Memorial Day weekend, 2020, May 5th. I have Amazing. We did the I same was, thing. I think we did it the day after. Yeah, I, I had pictures. It looked like the day after tomorrow. That movie. It looked yeah. like any horror film yep. that you would ever see of an apocalypse. I could have laid down in a strip for 10 minutes and not gotten run over by anybody. I know. It was stupid. Whenever I see videos of that, whenever I see like the bike riding videos of people just like riding around yep. Caesar's Palace or riding yep. around the Bellagio in their bikes, it's it, it was unlike we'll never see it like that ever again. Nope, never. Nope. And we'll, we'll have driving. to like tell our grandkids like we'll be explaining to them what the strip looked like in May of 2020, and they'd be like, "Come on, like 
Yeah. Yeah. It was complete ghost town. We drove down there. Like, you know, we used to drive down there a lot um, just to drive, to just try to, you know, explain to the kids like, hey, it's all still closed. Like, look at everything's boarded up. I mean, they put those boards on the doors because yeah. people were coming in and living in there, trying to get in there and stuff. It was so How weird. does the Palms, what What do you think the, 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 the book could be written about people in the Palms? Now, now they're reopening that coming up in two weeks or three weeks. That thing was closed know. for a year. A year. Know. What the hell was going on in those rooms? I, I would, I, I would not want to be the dude that had to walk through the the fifty flights of the fifty floors of rooms. <laughs> like what debauchery and madness was going on while that thing was closed? <sighs> For a year. I don't know, but like, you know, the Palms pretty good getting in and out. I know the Palms pretty good because we ran the book there for a long time and stuff. Can you imagine? No, I can't. I can't. I don't know. You, I would need to have like a legitimate like shotgun. Like I, you have to arm me to go and walk around to find out what is in and what is going on. Clear. Yeah, Clear. seriously. Right. Yeah. Like I need like night glasses, night goggles. I would need so much help zombie apocalypse type stuff to walk around <laughs> to go see those rooms after a oh. year of being closed. I, I know they've redone, suppose they've redone it all. And it's all going to be a totally different design and everything yeah. else. I'm just psyched that Maybell's is opening back up again. So right. like, give me my barbecue. I'm, I'm, I'm fired <laughs> up. But I get to go eat that. I don't know if the, if the Bobby Flay Susi joint's going to be back there or not. I'm just curious. Like it's going to be, when I walk in there, it's going to be really weird. Oh, because I'm not, March 17th, 2020, I walked out. I never walked back never in. Went back. So now walking in, in April of 2022, it's going to be such a mind meld for me. I'm just going to go like, what the hell just happened? Right. right. So much of the world is different two years later. Amazing. And here we're back at the Palms. Because the book's going to be William Hill, right? I think so. Oh, stations, isn't it? No. Oh, no, not stations. No, they sold it to the the tribe. Right. Yeah. So I think William Hill's going to run the book. I think. I don't know. know. Because CG was sold to William Hill, but I don't think that they've got. I wonder who has the license now because it was, it's the, it's the, um, Forgetting the name. San of the, Miguel. Thank you. Yes. San Miguel. San Miguel. Tribe has yeah. the, has the property. They bought it. So who do they, so who's, so the, and, and they run what else here in Vegas? They run one other book, one other property here in Vegas they own. Um, I forget who they also own, but that would probably be where the book. The comes Virgin, from. right? The, 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 what used to be the hard rock. Isn't that? Oh no, that's Bedford. No, no. Yeah. That's Bedford. It has that book in there. I don't so know. I don't, I'd be curious to see who, who runs that book. So yeah. Uh, how about this? We'll end it with this. Jordan just said a bunch of Tiger Wood bets just went up at Circa. Somebody knows something. <laughs> there we what go. What's the odds? I don't know, but like a bunch, if we're doing Tiger props on Circa, somebody knows something. Mm. Somebody See, said. We can figure out a way to get Jeff on here. We'll find that out. We're playing. We're playing. <laughs> we're live. <laughs> More on that coming up tomorrow on a Thursday edition of the Bostonian versus the book. He is Dave. I am Matt. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Same place, same time for a Thursday.